What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholki, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, running the board, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachelke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Daniel Artest, host of the Daniel Artest podcast, will make his return to the TSK show and help us recap the NBA Finals as the Lakers and Heat have been battling it out for four games and the Lakers find themselves up 3-1, once again looking to close out this NBA season with a championship on Friday night. We'll also preview week five in the NFL with the latest installment of the TSK show power rankings. And as always, we'll make our picks of the week for each game coming up this weekend. All this and more on episode 162 of the Sports Kingdom show coming up right now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 162 of the Sports Kingdom show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. We got a really good episode for you. We got Daniel Artest, host of the Daniel Artest podcast, coming on with us. But first, joining me as always, my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. Tyler, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Uh, Enjoying having sports back. Seems like every day there's a big event going on. Yeah, man, it's crazy having the NFL, NBA Finals, and MLB postseason all all running at once. Yep. All right, sitting across from you, running the board, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good, man. How are you doing today? Living the dream, man. Ready to talk some nba finals i know i can't i can't believe we're talking nba finals though in october yes something i never would have thought about but here we are it definitely feels weird but before we get into the nba finals we have to remind you about our friends who make probably the best coffee ever this episode of the sports kingdom show is sponsored by campus point coffee campus point coffee was founded in 2019 by former uc santa barbara students but due to the pandemic they had to go strictly online TSK show listeners will get 15% off their purchase from campuspointcoffee.com by entering the promo code TSK show. That's promo code TSK show for 15% off from campuspointcoffee.com. And Campus Point Coffee has a variety of different roasts to choose from. And even if coffee really isn't your thing, don't worry. They have plenty of other merch like mugs, tumblers, t-shirts, and even a tote bag all on campuspointcoffee.com. My dad let me know he's getting pretty low on the latest batch of the Deltopia medium roast that I ordered him, so it's looking like it's time to order another batch. Yeah, and I'm actually switching it up to the Deltopia myself. I've been burning the espresso for a long time, so I want to switch it up and try something new. Well, this morning I made freshly made French toast, and guess what I chased it with? Got to be the Deltopia medium. Campus Point Coffee. There you go. Support us while supporting a company that makes probably the best coffee ever, in addition to helping save the beaches at the same time. 
And Campus Point Coffee takes a portion of their profits and organizes their own beach cleanups. So if you're a coffee lover or you want to rock some cool merch while helping save the beaches, just enter promo code TSKSHOW at checkout for 15% off your purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com. That's promo code TSKSHOW for 15% off your purchase at CampusPointCoffee.com. And it looks like Daniel's actually calling right now, so let's get to it. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at mid okay. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. (laughs) Joining us on the phone to help us cover what's going on in the NBA Finals as the Lakers find themselves up 3-1 on the verge of winning their 17th NBA championship, Daniel Artest of the Daniel Artest Podcast. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on with us. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Yes, welcome back to the Sports Kingdom. We're happy to have you. Uh, let's let's just get right into it and talk this NBA Finals. We uh, we did a preview podcast for the NBA Finals. We haven't recorded since, so uh, I feel like we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. The Lakers find themselves up three to one right now. They confirmed earlier today that the Lakers are going to be wearing the Mamba jerseys on Friday night. They have a record of 4-0 when they're wearing those jerseys. And it's pretty cool because they weren't supposed to wear them unless there was a Game 7. They wore them in Game 2, but because they have a chance to clinch Friday night, they're going to wear them Friday night and hopefully honor Kobe and win that championship for him and the rest of Los Angeles. So the Lakers took the first two games pretty easily. Obviously, the Heat had Goran Dragic, their point guard, tear his plantar fascia and bam out of bio re-aggravate a shoulder slash neck injury that he injured in the eastern conference finals jimmy butler messed up his ankle pretty bad in game one but he didn't let that affect him and he hasn't missed any time for it and they had uh the heat had bam make his return in game four after missing games two and three and the miami heat are a resilient bunch There's a reason they are the five seed in the East but made it to the NBA Finals. I think Jimmy Butler is solidifying himself in that top or close to top tier uh, player in the NBA given his leadership skills and also everything he does on the court to help his team to victory. Maybe he takes Paul George's spot in that tier of uh, ranking players. And Lakers fans and even the team probably – was riding high after being up 2-0 because they got punched in the mouth in game three and didn't really know what to do. But either way, I think that the Lakers are too much for them. They figured out a way to combat the zone defense that the Heat run. Their role players are the reason they were in game three and had a chance to win, specifically Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris, who combined to shoot 9 of 19 from three-point land and scored 19 points off the bench each. Even though they lost game three, it was still good to see contributions from the bench. And, and really, the role players are what kept the Lakers in that game. And the Lakers don't win game four without KCP's offensive contributions. 
Rajon Rondo, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris making championship-level effort basketball plays and hitting key shots down the stretch like KCP and Kuzma did. And then Anthony Davis and LeBron James, who I've yet to mention, uh, they struggled in the first half of Game 4, but they really took it upon themselves both offensively and defensively to lead the team to victory in Game 4. And then obviously Anthony Davis seals the deal with another dagger with the jab step three-pointer to put the Lakers up eight with under one minute to go with the Lakers winning game four they're now 56 and 0 this season with a lead going into the fourth quarter so Daniel I really just want to get your thoughts on what you've seen from the NBA finals after after these first four games uh, after these first four games I saw exactly what I knew was going to happen uh, <laughs> even though you know unfortunate injuries to um you know, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. I, I had it in five regardless because of so just the level of play. Just the level of play. Listen, like, I get it. Jimmy Butler is good. Bam is good. Dragic is good. But you really think that a team led by Jimmy Butler is, is going to be a championship team, you know? Um, I just think that they, they they play tough and everything, but talent always wins, man. And, you know, of course, we, we know the age-old saying that Hard works be talent when talent don't work hard, but when your talent also work hard, you don't have a chance. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I love that analogy, or the the saying of hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But like you said, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are two of the hardest working players in the NBA. I, I think so. When you got the top duo working as hard as they do, it, it's tough to beat them. Tyler, what about you? What have you seen in these first four games? Yeah, I mean, pretty similar, you know, kind of it is what it is. It is what I thought it would be. Uh, I didn't think L.A. would really have any sort of struggle with bringing, bringing home the chip, even though this Miami team is as resilient and gritty as a team as I've ever seen. I love watching this Miami team play. Um, but like you guys said, man, it's, it's just broad and that, you know, they're kind of an unstoppable force right now. I don't think anybody, you know, obviously nobody can say it in their way. Uh, and, and and the injuries were unfortunate because, you know, you always want to see the best guys out there on the floor. But the Heat played tough no matter what. They've, they've stayed competitive and they actually won a game. So um, it's only time to the Lake Show hangs that banner. Yeah. I think uh, the fact that LeBron James and Anthony Davis took it upon themselves – to guard Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler in the second half was huge. I think I think that says a lot to me. Like, how bad do you want to win? How bad do you want to be? How bad do you want to be etched into basketball immortality? And Anthony Davis and LeBron James wanted it bad enough to take it upon themselves to guard the two best players on the other team, and they got the job done. Yeah, I, I agree. They got the job done. Um, like, I, I just I just love the the, the intensity. They played with in Game Four after that uh, subpar uh, Game Three performance by LeBron. I wouldn't say it's a subpar Game Three performance for AD because the only reason why Miami won is because AD got in foul trouble. That right. was it, and that affects much. that affects his aggressiveness. So it it was kind of tough for him to get in a groove when getting three early fouls. Exactly, exactly. Like you know, as a hooper myself, once you know you get in foul trouble, you 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 don't you don't want to foul out. You know, so of course your your aggression is going to go down like tremendously and stuff. You know, but at, at the end of the day, the Lakers still had a chance to win this game too. It was just like 
that switch and pick and roll defense that the Lakers played was 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 like one of the worst um, defenses I've seen from yeah. a LeBron team um, ever. You know, because like once they they put uh, KCP in in the dungeon, you know what I'm saying? It was nothing that he could do. But and they made the adjustments in Game face. Four. Oh yes, they yes they did yes they did by putting by putting um, AD on on Butler, which was actually surprising. I was looking like okay. Um, how is this going to work? Because AD hit his first shots. His um, not AD. I'm sorry. Butler hit his first five shots. Yeah, he didn't miss a um, shot in the first quarter on AD. Exactly. But then, like once AD started settling in, he he, he locked in and he she shut him down. You know, because um, when he shot three for twelve the last three quarters, like he was ineffective at all. Yeah, that was you know uh, with you know all the adjustments and just kind of battling through all this adversity. I think LeBron really has his sense of urgency because he's been to the finals so many times and he's lost so many times. Uh, and he's, you know, he's played with different guys and all these different situations that his sense of urgency has kind of been the guiding light, uh, for the lake show. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. I forgot. I was like, I was about to carry on what you said, but you, you were talking and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I just I just think that um like this 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 series is a I don't I don't see the Lakers even even actually making this game close in Game Five. They really better not. They're gonna blow the doors off. Let me tell you, let me tell you something, right? Because everybody thinks that you know they're gonna everybody's gonna give Miami the respect of them being being you know tough and everything. But I also think that me personally, I think that this this um that loss actually punched them in the gut. I think I took a lot out of them mentally. You know, because they did everything possible to stay in this game and and then work for them at the end. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they were holding tight with the, the Heat in game three for so long, and they really were on the verge of, of taking the lead at one point, and then Miami took it to about a seven- to eight-point lead, and that kind of sealed the game. But, I mean, that takes a lot out of a team – that won the game in the Heat's case because they had to keep the Lakers at bay the whole time. And even though Braun and, a and AD didn't have a, a monster game, either of them, the role players keeping the Lakers in that took a lot of fight out of Miami as well, in my opinion, I think. Yeah, yeah, the role players definitely knocked them out. Shout-outs to um, Kentavious Clutch. Clutch shots, post. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying for for what he did, man. Like I was, I was really impressed with not only with the scoring, but you know, of course, with the playmaking. He, him having um, five assists in the game. He started out shooting the game well, but then um, he missed some shots or whatever. But he he stayed locked in, playing great defense, just hustling and stuff. And um, you know, I think he, he made a mistake one play, and then he came down and hit a three, um, like right away after that when um, LeBron went to the basket and, and dished it off to him. And I was just like, man, like he's been focusing. He's been he's been getting a lot of criticism on the Daniel Watches podcast, man. There's been games where <laughs> he's been getting like, it everywhere, what, what, like, man. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's be honest. There's been games where he's just been he just be out there, you know, making his money, just getting his cardio in. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. Also, you know when 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 you play well, you get the love too. And yesterday he was my player of the game. Rondo actually was number two, um, in voting for the play of the game for me, even though he only had two points. Like, just Rondo's playmaking alone. Just, it oh, just yeah. Matters. His experience on the court. Like, the fact that he can go and wait. Because I, I, I was loving it. I don't know if y'all noticed it, but when LeBron started turning the ball over and Rondo started bringing the ball over, he was waving LeBron off. I was loving it. I was like, yes, 
wave LeBron off. Like, you know, like, like LeBron, you're messing up. You got five turnovers in the first half. Like, after you said that, you was going to, um, you know, work on that from having eight turnovers in your previous game. You know, you, you're on your way to another bad turnover game. So I was liking how Rondo was able to, you know, you know, direct traffic, get everybody in their, in their right spots, and, and also able to, you know, yell at the star players. And they got to listen to Rondo, too, because, you know, as we all know, he got championship experience and everything like that. So, you know, um, but, yeah, loving what the role players do, loving Kuzma's defense yesterday. Yes. You know, I was uh, – yes. Daniel Artest criticized uh, – we criticized Kyle, Kyle Kuzma on the Daniel Artest podcast as well. You know, like, we expect more from him. I thought that Kuzma was supposed to be a lock for the third option. You know what I'm saying? But it just seemed like it comes from anywhere. You know, um, that's what's scary like, like about Kuzma this Lakers team. Has, yeah, exactly. But I, I want Kuzma to have that one good game when everybody's having a good game. Not when LeBron is slacking, not when AD is slacking, and then he's just going, he's just going off offensively. I need him to do that 19 to 25 points. You know, when LeBron and AD is going for 30 and 28 points respectively. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny because you, you talk about all the role players and you mentioned Rondo, and honestly, he's been my X factor for the Lakers. I've really liked the way he's been playing too because in this series, you really see his his finals experience and his playoff experience because he's going after loose balls. He's actually playing really good defense in my mind. And like you're saying, he's orchestrating this offense when, in my opinion, LeBron should be scoring at times and he should be the one running the point. Um, but... For as far as the heat go, I don't know. Has there been an X factor that you've seen for them? The X factor really is um, Tyler Hero, man. You know, um, I, I, I criticize the, the Heat's young players too. I, I, I think they're good, but I also think they're too young for this moment. And that's why when the Heat, when the, you know fans are like, "Oh, Miami could take this to seven, I'm like, "I don't see it. I just don't see it because you guys are too young." You know, um, Tyler Hero with I like his his moxie. You know, he's he, I wouldn't say gritty. He's confident. He's more he's confident got swag. than gritty. You, yeah, he got he got swag, and and and, and um that that takes you a, a long way. All he got to do is tighten up his handle. Though. Once he tightened up his handle, he's going to be a twenty point per game scorer. Uh, I think he could be an all star. But you know, you could also know he needs to tighten his handle because they you, you see him getting the ball to, taken from him from behind a lot. You know, so he got he got a lot to work on. Um, also another X factor. Uh, I, I wanted to say Duncan Robinson. But man, what a you know, hell of a he, shooter, he though. Shot. Yeah, he is. But when he when he was off for a little bit too, he was missing a lot of shots. You know what I'm saying? Um, that that you know, probably could have helped us could have had this, this this series tied up or something like that. You know, so he he came on a little late. Um, but I think just just Tyler Hero pretty much is is the X factor, man. Like he he's good. He's good. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up both Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson because. I think what the Lakers wing defenders have done is a really good job at containing both of those guys. Tyler Hero in the Eastern Conference Finals was shooting 52% from the field and 35% from three, and he dropped 37 points on the Celtics in one of those games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Duncan Robinson was shooting 43% from the field and 40% from three. Now in the finals, Heroes down to 37.9 from the field and 32% from three, and Robinson's down to 34.5% from the field and 308 from three. So I got to give a lot of credit to the Lakers' wing defense, and really that's been one of their strong suits this entire postseason is being able to run guys off of their spots, making rotations along the perimeter and closing out on shooters. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the Lakers when they played um the defense when they seen the defense of the three point line they were really elite. 
think, think about it, this is a top five, top three defensive team all season long. So I don't understand, like, you know, how I saw this, how people thought this series was just going to be tough. You know, it's going to be a miracle for for Miami to extend this series. That's just, that's just how I feel. You know, um, and the, the lights get bigger for these young players that never been in this situation before. You know, the, the the lights get brighter. Like I understand what 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 um, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero was doing against Boston, but Boston, their best player is only 22 years old. Right. Now you're coming in the finals against a team where you know LeBron sees the light, and when I say sees the light, I mean that you know KD and Kyrie injured. You know Steph, Clay, they're injured. Their team wasn't good. Uh, Giannis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard didn't answer the bell at the playoffs at all. You know what I'm saying? So look, this we we know this finals run was easy. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say like you know it was too easy, but we know like hey, there's a big opportunity for LeBron to win ring number four, um, uh, uh, four times Finals MVP, three different teams. You know, only one to do that. You know, LeBron is a history buff. He he wants to be the greatest of all time. He's chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan. So I just, I just, I just knew like just how this final thing was going to go for these for these young kids, man. You know, but it's great experience for them. You know, maybe better luck, better luck next year. But I don't see it happening right now. I think it's a wrap. Tyler, what about you? What do you? What, you got anything? Uh, well, I mean, there's just coming into Game Five, like you said, a young Tyler Hero. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good of a run he's now. There's nothing he can do to to stop what the Lakers are bringing. I mean, he's a great player. Got a lot to look forward to in his career. I actually think he's got a lot of Ray Allen in him. Just, you know, missing the ball skills early, but being so elite off the ball, well-conditioned, good athlete. You know, this the C team is good, but there's no way in a closeout game where Braun's got the, the, the trophy is in the building. I don't think there's any way they could stop. I think it's going to be a huge win over early. Yeah. Now, before we, Daniel, you mentioned uh, that you thought that LeBron would win Finals MVP. So I want to I want to get to that in a second. But one one other thing I wanted to touch on was the coaching because Frank Vogel and Eric Spolster do have a history, and I've been so impressed with the battle between these two coaches. I, these guys have had plenty of battles against each other, going back to the the Heat Pacers rivalry of the early 2010s. And both coaches have made some crucial adjustments to help their team, whether it was Frank Vogel and starting Dwight Howard the whole way or going with Markeith Morris and using him as a small ball five with AD out there as well, or Spolstra with the way he's been using Jay Crowder, Kelly Olenek, and Myers Leonard to combat the Lakers' size advantage when Bam Adebayo was sidelined. What have you seen from from the coaches? Does one have the edge over the other aside from – what the the series looks like with three one? Yeah, one coach has AD and LeBron, the other doesn't. <laughs> I, I <laughs> you mean, no, nah, but that... um, <laughs> but besides that, uh, I want to give uh, shout outs to uh, Coach Vogel for making adjustments, even though sometimes his la- the lack of adjustments in Game Three cost him that game. Maybe you shouldn't have played Dwight Howard, you know, um, when. Um, Bam was out because Kelly Olynyk just had Dwight Howard scrambling everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? So that 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 was that was really tough to watch. You know, but um, you know we we know we all know what Coach Spoles about. You know, some he got it from from the mud from from the from the basement. You know, was starting in 1995, being a you know video coordinator to where he's at now. You know, Coach Coach Spoles is Coach Spoles, man. Like he's a he's a really really great coach. And Coach Vogel, 
you know, I had questions like, all right, can he can he really coach a team to a championship? And obviously he can. Like, you know, we already know what LeBron and AD going to do. But the fact that he got the other guys, you know, buying in, playing playing above and beyond their, their levels is, is really amazing. Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, I think any coach that coaches a LeBron-led team isn't going to get as much credit as they might deserve and I think Frank Vogel has definitely exceeded a lot of expectations for Lakers fans even because he wasn't at the end of the day the first choice when the Lakers were going on their coaching search but with the way he's been able to to galvanize this team and and really put them over and and really make them who they are not really make them who they are but really push them over the top and and get them on this championship run I think he deserves a lot more credit than I think he's getting yeah I I I, I, I totally agree with you on, on that I think Vogel definitely deserves a ton of credit for the um for the way he's been coaching this this postseason and stuff I, I'm happy for him you know he he deserves it throughout all the criticism and stuff you know and um you know, I'm gonna go off base a little bit too. Let's shout out Rob Falinka too as well. Oh, facing, please, you know, give Rob all his it. flowers. You know, for for going through it. You know, what I'm saying with with the situation with Maggie Johnson, then with you know Maggie Johnson, you know, kind of saying that he stabbed him in the back, and nobody believed that he could put a roster together, and he uh, he did it. You know, hundred um, percent. It's harder to win in the West. All you hear is it's harder to win in the West. You know, and now look. It's going to be the first time in 10 years since, uh, you know, Ron saved the day. <laughs> the Lakers are going to be celebrating another title, man, you know? <laughs> Listen, you tweeted out you tweeted out to, to Lakers fans, like, how old were you when the Lakers last won a championship? I was 16 years old. It was June of 2010. <laughs> like, I, th- these past 10 years with the Lakers not winning a championship, as a fan for me, have been the most agonizing 10 years in – as a, for me as a sports fan, it's the Lakers are are who I like live and breathe by. So it's, and, and you've been through the trenches because there's been some horrible, horrible rosters. Yeah, <laughs> that we have been through. Yeah, I mean we can go back to Ryan Kelly, Robert Sacre. Uh, oh, I don't do this. <laughs> we can hey, go. We have, hey, hey, honestly, we have enough time to Devin do Devin Ebanks. <laughs> we, I'm pulling. Um, yeah, Ronnie oh, Brewer. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I can keep going. I mean, there, there's so many more. Those are just the first four that came to my head. Can't forget Kendall Marshall. Oh, jeez. All right. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why nobody likes Kendall Marshall? I thought he was a cool point guard. You know. I don't have a problem like, with him. What? I know Tyler loves him because he's a Tar Heel, right, Tyler? Yeah, and that's a funny story, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I fucked with Kendall Marshall tough. I loved him, John Hart, Tar Heel fan. Uh, and then I said something like, I just said something weird on Twitter about him wearing some Oregon Jordans. And I, like, I posted like three question marks or something, you know? Like, I was like young at the time. Uh, and he tweeted back, like, you know, like call me a little guy or something, <laughs> and, and then Nico, and then Nico just went, and then Nico just went off. My younger brother just went off on Kendall Marshall, and then I was like, "Well, fuck! I guess Kendall Marshall's cut from the team." That's so funny. Yeah, yeah so Tim, he's like one of the few UNC guys that I got a negative experience with. That's crazy. <laughs> um, all right, that's, well, that's that's funny, man. 
let's let's get back on track though. Like I said, Daniel, you mentioned that you think that the Lakers are going to close it out on Friday night, and LeBron will be the first person to win or the first star player to win three championships with three different teams and three finals MVPs with three different teams. But listen, Anthony Davis has a strong argument for finals MVP. He's averaging 25.8 points per game in this finals, 9.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, one steal, 1.8 blocks. But here's where it's really impressive. He's shooting 60.6 percentage from the field, 54.5% from three, and 100% from the line. So he's at 60, 54, and 100 shooting in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Yo, that split is insane, man. But it, it, listen, I, I I want LeBron to win because I want LeBron to be the only, the first player to win, you know, Finals MVPs with three different teams. Do I think AD deserves it? Yeah. But I also think that the Lakers are going to repeat next year, too. So, <laughs> Which is why I, I mean? think LeBron's okay with giving year. it to AD this year. Which is which nah, is you got to give it to LeBron. What you say, Tyler? Got to give it to LeBron this year. Carry, carrying, the, carrying the franchise through a difficult time. COVID, Kobe, leading the youth, you know, put up damn near a triple-dub every night. This is, this is definitely his finals MVP. Jacob, what about you? Who do you think? See, I want to give it to AD just because the way he's been playing, not even in the finals, but Mm -hmm. in the playoffs in general, but I still got to go with Tyler and give it to LeBron. Yeah, I think ultimately that is what ends up happening because obviously the media votes on this. Um, But personally, I just want to see Twitter go crazy and would love to see the reaction of Anthony Davis getting a finals MVP over LeBron James and also getting one before Steph Curry has one. So, well, well th- this mm. could be almost like what happened with the Spurs when they won a couple of years ago. When everybody, Kawhi won Finals yeah, MVP. everybody thought it was going to be Parker, maybe Duncan, but it ended up going to Kawhi. Right. Yeah, it ended up going to Kawhi because he held LeBron James to 30 points a game, whatever, in the finals. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that, man. I, I never understood that, man. Like, I, Eagle Dollar don't deserve that Finals MVP either, man. You know, I'm like, come on, man, really? Yeah, that, that like, is LeBron another one. <laughs> 35, 13, and 8 against you. All right. Yeah, he shot 40%, but you didn't shut him down. I can see if he had 40% shooting on an average 25 points or whatever, but he was he was almost getting 40, and he had to because his, his plays was going. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was just like, whatever. But, you know, like, I just, I, I, do, I just want LeBron to be the first to accomplish that. You know what I mean? Because, listen, the media, the reason why I root for LeBron heavy and you, y'all know I have a love-hating relationship with the Lakers, but, you know what I mean, I'm riding with the Lakers. You know, we, we're all family. We all connected due to, you know, meta winning the championship and stuff like that. I'm, I'm able to walk around and, 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 and um, say that my brother's a champion because of the Lakers and, and Kobe and everything like that. Totally. But I don't like how the media – I don't like how the media um, – you know, treat LeBron. You know, I won't call the names up, but we, we watch it on TV. We see yeah, we, we know who you're talking about. And everybody always got something to say. Like, you know, they, they, they'll put up this crazy narrative about LeBron, somebody that has been averaging 27 points, seven rebounds, seven assists for 16 years straight. Yeah, 17-year season. But, you know, he started off averaging 25 and 5 or whatever like that. Before. Right. Well, you know, he's going to be the first player in NBA history to have um, – 30,000 points, 
10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists, and also he's going to hit the 40,000-point mark when it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't understand, like, the, the hate or whatever with, with everything. That's why I, I decided to no longer debate when it comes to Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron versus versus whatever. Right. I don't do that debate no more because it's just ignorant. You know, um, listen, these players are great. You know, Kobe, and peace, Kobe, oh, amazing player. Where you know, I don't even have to explain Kobe and Mike or whatever. It's just crazy, like, just appreciate it. And I don't like how the Laker fans too. A lot of Laker fans don't appreciate LeBron now, even to this day. I even heard, uh, I seen a Laker fan tweet it, and I should have retweeted it, that he don't want LeBron to win the title and stuff like that. That's crazy. Be, like the narrative going to say that Kobe, because it's going to be like Kobe's all time, it's going to be um, over LeBron all time. I think, like LeBron and Kobe, that that's I, I won't even talk about it, man. Like who's the greatest and stuff like that. You know, like one thing I've noticed. One yeah, thing, right. one thing I've noticed uh, as someone who was such a LeBron detractor before he came to the Lakers, but once he became a Laker, it's like, no, I'm rooting for the name on the front of the jersey before the back of the jersey. It's like, if LeBron's gonna bring us a title, that's that's what I'm about. Like, let's do it. Let's go get banner number seventeen, type thing. So, what I've really noticed as a Laker fan and someone who has said a lot of stuff about LeBron that was anti-LeBron because I was a Laker and a Kobe guy and that whole thing before then, I've just noticed how much hate LeBron gets as a player. And then him now being a Laker, it just magnifies it and amplifies it so much more that it's just, it's it's unbelievable. And, like, yes, I've said a lot of anti-LeBron stuff in the past, but – at the end of the day, I was still appreciating who he was as a player. I still considered him the greatest athlete of all time and all of that before he became a Laker. But now at him as a Laker and him leading the team back to the promised land, it's like, how can you root against that as a Laker fan? Like, we just suffered for the last seven to ten years, and now this team is arguably one of the best Laker teams I've ever seen just off of statistics with – 56 and 0 after having a lead going into the fourth quarter potentially about to go 16 and 4 in the NBA finals and win every single series by five games and after game 2 we were talking like they're doing this they're doing Kobe Shaq type stuff so it's like I I'm yeah. really starting to understand like I don't get a lot of this LeBron hate it's it's been a very interesting look inside myself as a Laker fan and 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 seeing all of that online. <laughs> I like I like when you say that because it, it, it's, it's cool that he's going to make a lot of fans, you know, eat their words. Uh, like, no, you know he definitely made me eat my words. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just feel like, like all this stuff started basically when Kobe and when LeBron started rising up and they started threatening the throne of who's the greatest player in the league back, you know, all them years ago and stuff, you know. And, um, you know, you, you know when you don't have nothing to say when you're still talking about whatever LeBron did in 2011 right. in the final. It's 2020 now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that's almost 10 years ago, and you know it's funny because I always tell my I got I got some friends, you know what I mean that 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 be having they be having trouble getting jobs and stuff like that because they background check come back and haunt them for what they did whatever they did in the past they didn't they didn't fix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm no, like, the internet so, lives forever, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, hey, hold on. You you know, you got fired. You got you got let go for a job for some tweets you did about eight years ago. 
and you'd be like, man, I wish they they'd get over it. You know what I'm saying? But yet you still get you still bring up the 2011 LeBron. He was like, no, that's different. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, it's really not. Like, it's over. It's over and done with. Like, and LeBron more than made up for it. He won three championships after 2011. You know, like, look, and then now look, he fast-tracked the Lakers' rebuild so many years. Like, let's answer this question. If LeBron never came to the Lakers, what year do you think he was going to win championship? That's a very good question. I honestly don't know. I, honest, I, I, I honestly don't know because the – in my opinion, I think the the growth and the experience that Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Julius Randle, all those guys, all their growth got stunted by LeBron coming to the Lakers. And then if if it comes up where Anthony Davis is on the trade block and you can make a trade for him, you make that trade. Like, I have no regrets about trading all those baby Lakers to, to get Anthony Davis, but it's, it's a – it's a very good question. I don't know. If, but he, even it, before that, though, with D'Lo and Julius Randle, it didn't seem like they were getting any closer to getting to the title. Right, because they kept striking out in free yeah. agency. So it that's a very good question, yeah. Daniel. I don't know. It would have been, been like another decade, to be it, honest. It might have been. You know, you're, you're 100% right. Yeah, but, you know, like I just think that everybody should just be, be appreciative and stuff like that, even though I do wish that the Lakers could have figured out a way to keep Randall. I would have loved to see Julius Randall on this team right here when the Lakers go small. Yeah. Like, that that perfect. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? So I really wish they would have they would have figured that out or something, you know? And I kinda wish they would have kept D'Angelo Russell too. Like they didn't really have to give him up that quick or whatever. It freed you know? up the cap space though to get Braun. That's that, true too. That trade because Timoth Mozgov was in that trade, it took Mozgov's contract off the books. That's what freed up the cap space. That's true. That's true too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's so, true. It, 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 but hey, you know, listen. Of course, y'all Brandon Ingram, but hey, guess what? Friday we might be partying Friday night. You that's know? what I'm hey. saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it's all worth it if Friday comes and the the Lakers are hoisting that Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, one more quick little note of history for this NBA Finals in Game One. Dwight Howard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis became the first trio of former number one overall picks to start an NBA Finals game since Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Worthy did it in 1989. So I thought that was a really cool stat that both times that three former number one overall picks have started an NBA Finals game for the same team were the Lakers. That's crazy. That's a crazy stat, man. Yeah. And LeBron actually he got three number one three former number one picks on the same team anyway. You know, and um segue into Dwight, like kudos to him too as well. Like he came on the team, he 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 did a role. I was skeptical about it because I thought that, all right, yeah, he's gonna be good man, good guy real quick for a month, and then I thought that he was gonna regress. But he didn't, man. Um like I'm I'm really hoping that he gets to, to host that hoist that championship trophy up, man. Like I'm so happy from everything that he been through and stuff and you know, me just knowing him from from the year that he spent with the Lakers and stuff and I kinda felt like it was he got dealt unfairly, like like an unfair deal. You know, um it, it's actually poetic justice or whatever that he's gonna win the championship from the from the team that that had a fan base that exiled them <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's kinda cool too. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'll be the first to to say I was on the skeptical train with you. I was so skeptical about the Lakers 
wanting to sign Dwight Howard. I wanted them to sign Joakim Noah over Dwight Howard, and boy, was I wrong about that. And I have mm-hmm. I have apologized online to Dwight Howard on multiple occasions throughout the season because he blew my expectations out of the water. He came in to this team on a non-guaranteed deal, accepted his role, and played it to a T. He did everything he was supposed to do. I mean, just look at how he responded when he was quote-unquote benched. He just he wasn't really benched in the Houston series. He just wasn't used because it wasn't the right matchup. But look at how he responded in the Denver series where he was key in guarding Nikola Jokic, and we wouldn't have really won that series in five games without him. Yeah, and, and, and you're right, man. Like I, I kind of thought that he was going to get caught up with the try to be the bully tactics because it, it worked for a little bit, but Jokic was still getting 30 and stuff, you know. Um, but once Dwight actually calmed that down, he actually he neutralized them again and stuff. too. And I also want to give a shout-out to JaVale McGee as well for just being, like, really cool with everything. He's a good he, teammate, he, man. You need those team. kinds of guys in the locker room. He's going to have three rings. Yeah. After being, <laughs> after being the butt of Shaq's joke for, what, maybe six, seven years early on in his career with Shaq mm-hmm. and the Fool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that, that actually helped him, you know, like that, that whole situation and stuff. You know, um, at first he was able to stand up for himself, you know, because, you know, he was talking back to Shaq on social media or whatever. He was able to stand up for himself, and then now, look, he's winning. You got to respect that. Like, and, you know, you quiet Shaq up. You know, you're playing, you're playing your games and stuff like that, you know. You went through what you went through. You, you was this player, and now you're, now you're a champion, you know what I mean? Potentially, you know, three-time, three-time NBA champion, and they can't take that from you. Yeah. Tyler, you got anything else for Daniel before we get him out of here? No, man, we we cover, man. Just appreciate you coming on and talking Lake Show with us again. Yeah, man. Of course, anything, man. Anything for 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 um for the sports kingdom, man. We family, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, you got anything else? Yeah, the only one thing I wanted to bring up. We talked about the Heat and just how young their team was, but and it, it kind of had me thinking that. Yes, their fu- the future in- or the near future is inevitable. They probably will not win the series. We don't know that until after game five. But what does this do in the summer for them uh, or the offseason? Excuse me, because we are already past the summer. It's a little, <laughs> little weird this whole season is. But uh, as far as their offseason, in my eyes, I see them attracting another star. You know, a star that's just maybe kind of looking around and just shopping. But I think if you're if you're a star in any other NBA team and maybe you're a little bit disgruntled, unhappy, you're looking at this Miami team and you're thinking, Mel, I, I might have a shot at it there. Um, it just depends what star they want because I, I, I feel like this. The only way, because I know everybody talking about Giannis going to the Heat, the only way I see Giannis going to the Heat is if he waits a whole year and goes in free agency because I'll tell you this right now. If we're doing a trade, there is no way if I'm Milwaukee, I'm trading, I'm trading Giannis and I'm not getting Bam at a bio back. Miami's going to have to trade you know South saying? Beach in that trade to get Giannis. Like, they don't, yeah, they don't have enough. As, I, I, exactly. And as good as Bam is, he ain't Giannis now. You know what I'm saying? Listen, Bam is 16, 10, and 5, or whatever his assist was. Giannis is 30, 14, and 6. You know, um, he's a better player. You know, two-time NBA MVP and uh, defensive player of the year. And he has so many holes in his game. He only he's only going to get better. Like I don't ever see Bam seeing like getting on that level where Giannis is at. 
And I just want to see Giannis play center full-time anyway. I think that's where he'd be most dangerous, somebody that can get the rebound, go full court. You can't wall him on Miami because you got the shooters and Duncan and Hero on the sides waiting. So and that actually opened it up. But I know they want to have a big three. But if you want, if you want Giannis, they better wait another. They better wait another year and try to get him in free agency because I don't see it. I don't see it. Like cause I, you would have to give up. What like who? If they don't want to give up Bam, they're probably willing to give up Tyler Hero, right? Of course, with the contracts matching. But you know, of course, you know Tyler Hero being the, the big piece in the deal. But I don't. I don't see that that that's an op- that's an option because as good as Hero is, you saying that if you trade Hero to Milwaukee in a deal involving Giannis, right? That Hero's the guy that's gonna help your team, you know, go to the playoffs or be a contender. I feel like Bam and Milwaukee could do that more so than Hero. So Miami gonna have to figure figure that out. Maybe maybe um see what, what Paul George wanna do. You know what I'm saying? His name is Or Victor Oladipo or Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah, those those type of guys. But if, I mean, if they want to try to do something with, with trying to get Giannis, they going they should have to, they should wait another year because it's not going to happen. They're going to ask for they're going to listen. If we're being really honest, <laughs> you want Giannis, you're going to have to give me, you're going to have to give me Ben and Tyler. I'm sorry, like because at least <laughs> different levels, man. At least, at least, Bam, and you're going to have to. You're going to have to. Like, there's no way <laughs> I'm, I'm trading Giannis to Miami and I'm not getting anything back. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. That's not happening at all. Well, Daniel. You know, Golden State has a better package, by the way. Golden State can trade Wiggins or. Well, they or have their and the lottery pick, they too. They have the lottery pick as well. And that pick. Exactly. So, that you know, so we shall see. <laughs> yeah. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for hopping on with us to discuss everything going on in the NBA Finals. Real quick, why don't you let the people know where they can find you, where they can listen to the podcast at? Yeah, so you can listen to the Daniel Artest podcast on all your podcast services, wherever you're going, whether you're Apple, you know, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You know, it doesn't matter. Wherever you get your podcast from, I'm on there as well. And on social media, you can find me at Daniel Artest Pod. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And then on Facebook, I got the group. You can just go search the Daniel Artes Podcast. Also, you can hit me on my website, too, at, uh, not at, but um, DanielArtesPodcast.com. And I want to thank the Sports Kingdom for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate y'all uh, for always treating me like family, man. Of course, man. You're, you're family to us, and we appreciate your time so much, and we look forward to having you on the show again, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All righty. All right, yeah, have a good day. Yes, sir. You too. All right, let's hit the gridiron now. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. all right week five of the nfl is here and real quick before we get into the tsk show power rankings and our picks of the week we got to recap how we did in fantasy football in the tsk show fantasy football league it was a big week for me this week in fantasy football i went three and zero for the first time all season in my fantasy leagues 
I became 500 in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League and 500 in the League of Fools, and that just makes me feel a lot better after the first four weeks of the season. Fantasy is always a grind, and being 500 at the quarter mark of the season I think is a a good sign, And, and me winning in all three leagues I think is good for the juju of my team's to to keep that momentum going some big performers for me this week were joe mixon at 39.1 and melvin gordon in the tsk show fantasy football league it was a really well balanced uh, week for my team and i was able to beat alex mazel in the valley village invitational which was the only uh i got my first win in uh aaron Rodgers and odell beckham jr were my top performers obj had 41.4 and a big week for him in the browns And then in the League of Fools, I got lucky. Russell Wilson and Aaron Jones were my top performers, but I went up against someone who sat C.D. Lamb and Jarvis Landry, but also had Matt Ryan and Julio Jones going on Monday Night Football. And I got really lucky that the Falcons couldn't do anything in Green Bay, and I won that matchup 108.4 to 106. So that was was a close one. Tyler, how'd you do? Well, I hate to rain on your parade, but I also – Went three and zero for the very there first time. There you go. Time. You're not raining on any parade. This is a good week for the TSK show, baby. <laughs> so uh, it was it was a good week. Uh, I'm three and one in two of my leagues. Uh, I'm five hundred in what, the other one. The one that I'm five hundred in, I'm actually leading scorer though. Okay. I don't know how I'm two and two and have the most points in the league, but. Yeah, and then in our TSK show league, now they're projecting me like top three finish. So uh, I feel like the, the fantasy season's uh, looking good. I was able to survive kind of that onslaught of injuries without too much damage. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, why don't you just uh, keep on rolling with it and let everybody know what the TSK show power rankings are for week five. All right, so uh, not a lot of change. Honestly, the top 10 did really well last week. I mean, they all won, so it was kind of tough to to move it around too much. But uh, I'm going to start out at number 10, and I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. I think that they're, <laughs> There's not a lot just, of movement, but the Rams moved down to 10. Great. They did. They did. Because of who was in front of them, I think, showed kind of what well, – it's more about the other team, not about the Rams. <laughs> I still got them in the top 10. Uh, they're going to – I think that they're kind of on par for how their season's going to go. Uh, they're going to win, you know, nine, ten games and be a wild card uh, threat down the stretch, especially with the extra playoff spot. So uh, I just, you know, I like to see from the Rams, you know, some consistency from some of their players, keep, score some more points. They were in a low-scoring match last week. So uh, just get that offense looking like it used to. They've got some playmakers on defense. Uh, and they have the the personnel to get it done. So I uh, still got the Rams in the 10. Now, number nine, I finally feel safe doing this, and I got the Cleveland Browns at three and one at number wow. nine. I think, that they, I think that they edge out and jump the Rams uh, purely on kind of their explosive capability on offense. I think they also have some big-time playmakers on the defensive side. Uh, Miles Garrett has five sacks already in the first four games. Three of those sacks are strip sacks. Uh, Denzel Ward, the fourth overall pick, he's kind of their their Jalen Ramsey, 
he's waiting to get paid big time uh, next year. So I like Cleveland's, uh, you know, playmakers on defense, and I think that that offense is finally starting to find its it, its I don't need its mojo with Stefanski. So I like I continue I like to see Baker continue the magic. Uh, moving at number eight, I got Pittsburgh coming off the bye. They honestly moved down a couple spots, probably purely because they didn't play. So I didn't get to see them with my own eyeballs last weekend. But they're at 3-0. and Ben's looking good. Uh, they're going to be a force in the AFC all season as long as Ben stays healthy. Coming in at number seven, I've got the New Orleans Saints, who are much bigger threat than like a normal seven. Uh, right now, Michael Thomas is still – uh, kind of up in the air whether he's going to play or not. And apparently he's been he was a big part of their offense because the offense has struggled without them. They're only two and two. Um, you would think that they'd be three and one, four and zero oh at this point. Moving on to number six, I got Buffalo, the undefeated Buffalo Bills. This team's nasty. Uh, I'm, I think that they're going to be a real problem down the stretch. It could actually pose a threat to a team like Kansas City because of their style of play. If they muck up the game and it's and it's you know more of a field possession game than a shootout, uh, this team is going to be tough to beat, and they can shoot it out with the best of them. So I really like Buffalo moving forward. Coming into number five, we got the same five as last week. I got Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady coming off a five touchdown performance. Um, they got Leonard Fournette out, which actually kind of helps them out with the rotation. Them trying to figure out where all these different pieces fit. Uh, they lost their opening game to New Orleans and have won three straight. So I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are really starting to get on the same page. Number four, I got Baltimore Ravens. Um, they kind of did what they needed to do in a game against the Washington football team. Uh, Lamar, Lamar's looking like Lamar still. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, they're playing a running back by committee, which I think only helps people like Mark Ingram, um, you know, play well throughout the entire season. So, Baltimore is going to be a threat for the AFC Championship and ultimately the Super Bowl. Coming to number three, I got the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers has been unbelievable this year, coming off the dominant win over the struggling Atlanta Falcons. Um, Green Bay, man, I think that they're kind of the surprise team to the league. Uh, I'm a big Rodgers guy, so I kind of over, always overrate the Packers. But I think in general, uh, no one really saw this this coming uh, to this magnitude, even if you did believe Rodgers was out, out to prove something. Uh, coming at number two, I've got the Seattle Seahawks coming off the uh, the win against Miami, kind of similar to Baltimore. Uh, they just kind of took care of business. It wasn't necessarily impressive, but it was a win. Uh, Seattle is going to just, I think, continue to dominate on offense while their defense is a little banged up right now. Uh, we're playing a bendo-break style of football. So in order to do that, you have to put points on the board. You're going to give up field goals, but ultimately our team's winning ball games. And then the creme de la creme, the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes and company, uh, defense is playing well. I think if their defense even plays average and, and you know, Mahomes shows up every day, they're a Super Bowl favorite. All right. You want to run it back real quick? Yeah, so from 1 to 10, I got Chiefs, Hawks, Seahawks, uh, Green Bay Packers, Ravens, Buccaneers, then Bills, Saints, Steelers, Browns, and Rams. 
All righty. Now, before we make our picks of the week, this segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. So, all right, week five in the NFL is here. It's time to make our picks of the week. But first, we got to go over the records. Jacob, how did you do last week? Uh, actually, last week was a pretty good week. It just had some upsets. I think we all did, but uh, overall, forty-three and twenty. What What did you? What was your record last week, though? Oh, let us see. Eleven and four. Oh, that's a great week for you. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, yeah, again, a good week. Just a couple upsets probably would have been better. Okay, Tyler, what about you? Dude, same, same exact as Jacob. Eleven and four. Son last of a week. bitch. <laughs> how did you do? Forty-three. Over there? 43 and 20 for the year. Yep, that's how I am too. I went 9 and 6 and I'm 42 and 21. So you guys are yeah, one game ahead week, of me. Last week was definitely the struggle week for me. Yeah. So, I mean, and real quick scheduling notes, the the Pittsburgh Tennessee game obviously was in question because of the Tennessee Titans having positive COVID-19 cases. That game got moved to week seven. They're now considering this week four as Pittsburgh and Tennessee's bye. So that really sucks for Pittsburgh because they got the short end of the stick on that and only technically got a three-day bye week because they were prepping as if they were going to play the game for the whole beginning of the week. But now they're playing that game week seven as part of the postponement. And the New England and Kansas City game that was supposed to take place on Sunday got moved to Monday and was played as a second Monday night game uh, alongside the Green Bay Packers. And who? why am I blanking on who the Green Bay? Oh, the Green Fal- Bay Packers played the Falcons. Falcons yeah. I'm blanking because the Falcons didn't bother to show up to that game either. So, Well, even if they had would have been winning in that game, it yeah. still wouldn't have mattered. Either so. way. So we had New England and Kansas City on Monday night, as well as Green Bay and Atlanta, like originally scheduled, but Cam Newton got COVID-19, and that's why New England had to play on Monday night. But we'll kind of discuss team specifics as we go through the games. So let's start with Thursday night. We got the number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coming in at 3-1. and one. They're going to Chicago to take on the Bears. They're coming off the loss against the Indianapolis Colts. The line for this game is Tampa Bay minus three and a half. I got Tampa Bay winning this game. I think Tom Brady is going to want to get revenge on Nick Foles for that Super Bowl. And like Tyler was saying in the power rankings, I think the the longer time Tom Brady and Bruce Arians have spent together, the more clicking it's going to do inside everybody's brains, and and that offense is just going to to work. It's going to work a whole lot smoother and. It already is. So I got I got Tampa Bay winning that game and moving on to four and one. Tyler, what about you? What was the spread? Three and a half. What was the line? Three and a half. Tampa Bay for, minus three and a half. Sorry. Chicago? No, for, for Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, so Chicago got three and a half. Negative negative three and a half for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Okay. Uh I I'm taking Tampa for sure in the spread and the win. Okay. Jacob, what about you? Uh, I don't like the decision that the Bears made. Well, I guess I do, but they didn't play very well last week either. 
Indy's, with, with, Indy's with Nick D is solid too. Yeah, so I, I still got to go with the Bucks on this one. All right, let's move on now to the Sunday slate. The first matchup we got in the NFC South, we got the Carolina Panthers coming in at two and two. They're going to Atlanta to take on the zero and four Falcons. I have no idea how Atlanta is favored minus two in this game, but it's got to be because they're at home. But I'm rolling with Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater because they keep surprising me. I thought they were going to be 0-4 given that it's a first-year head coach, new quarterback. They're missing Christian McCaffrey. But they keep surprising people, and and I got Carolina beating Atlanta because I just have no faith in Atlanta anymore. I I, I got to take Atlanta. I got to I got to I got to think that that Matt Ryan, Julio Jones are professional enough. I don't think they're the problem. Win a football game. It's Dan Quinn, man. And it and it probably is, but they're not gonna they're not gonna go zero and sixteen. I don't think they're gonna go zero and sixteen, but I don't have faith in them to win this game. I think that Matt Matt Ryan should have enough in him to win a game at home. I hope so. I so do I, but I'm not going with him either. I'm going with the Panthers. All right. The the next matchup we got, and here's where we run into a little bit of a, a problem. We got the number six team in the TSK show power rankings, the Buffalo Bills. They're coming in undefeated. They're supposed to travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans at and the Titans, they're coming in at three and oh. They they were undefeated going into week four. But they've had more positive tests for COVID-19. This game is now in jeopardy. And even the Tennessee Titans, while they were on this bye week and not supposed to be working out and everyone's supposed to be quarantined because they had positive cases, they held a workout when they weren't supposed to. So they're going to be penalized for that. And I hope it is severe because the... Everybody in the NFL needs to be taking this serious. We can't have players and teams not taking this seriously and putting not only their team but other teams and the rest of the NFL in jeopardy because they're not going to do a bubble. So we don't know if this I game. Was, I bet it's a million bucks. I hope. I hope it's a million bucks. I hope it's a loss of a couple draft picks too. Even. I mean. Dude, I bet you. I bet you they're going to bring down the hammer. They have to. They have to. It's just, it it is dumb. It's just like, it's already, they're already walking a tightrope, you know? Right? It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's disappointing for sure. It's, I I understand that, I understand that people are scratching and clawing to get wins in this industry and win people your job. Um, But, you know. You're not going to have a job if the whole NFL gets COVID because of this and the season gets canceled. Yeah, and of course, yeah, I mean, it's of course because they get caught. It's like obviously we judge them. You know, there's probably that means there's probably teams getting away with it. Unfortunately, oh, 100 percent. There's probably teams getting away with it. Yeah, so it's uh, it's just unfortunate that teams still feel the need to do that even at this time of you know, being in a pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know if this game is going to be played. It might get postponed again, similar to how Pittsburgh and Tennessee was postponed last week. But I mean, we'll still make the picks. I, if they play on Sunday, I have Buffalo winning this game either way, because Tennessee has not played in a week. They haven't technically been allowed to fully practice, even though 
some players did go and work out off on their own. But, I mean, not being in the facility, not having any in-person practices, that's going to affect a football team no matter what. And we've talked about it when the NFL said they were going to come back and they were going to start on time. And really it goes for any sport now during these times. It's the healthiest team and the, the team that doesn't get COVID is, is going to win. And I, the, the Titans have a massive outbreak in, in their organization. Yeah. I mean, we kind of say, you know, it's just like you're fighting two opponents all year. COVID and you know who you, who you play on Sunday, so uh, it's it's going to be a, a battle of nutrition, and and we're going to see who the who the who the healthiest team is standing at the end of the day. That's why this year every game is going to matter, um, just because you never know who's going to fall out at any time. Your door is always going to be open, so uh, this is going to be an interesting ride to see how the season finishes out. Yeah. Sucks for Tennessee, man. Like, especially to start out three and zero, to to have this kind of linger over your games two weeks in a row. That's tough. Yeah, but all right. I mean, I got Buffalo technically go winning this Buffalo. game. Yeah, yeah. Same I think thing. Buffalo. Buffalo if I think, you know, yeah. See, if those two teams meet up at any time this year, uh, I got Buffalo. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got it's in the AFC West. We got the Raiders going to Kansas City to take on the number one team in the K- in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The Chiefs coming in at 4-0, Raiders coming in at 2-2. Two two. The the line for this is Kansas City minus 13. I got Kansas City winning this game. It, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple decision for me on this one. Yeah, I can't trust Derek yeah. Carr. <laughs> that's, that's how simple it is for me. I mean, and it's not even about no. the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders are... are doing a lot better than people were expecting them to. Uh, but, I mean, Kansas City's the best team in football. Kansas City. Yeah. The, the only thing I want to add, though, to them and them playing on Monday night, they didn't seem as sharp. Same thing with the Charger game. I you, don't know what it was. They definitely look a lot more human this year for sure. I don't I don't know. But, see, if, but they look human at times. Right. Because against the Ravens, they completely blew them out. Right. But when they play the Chargers, they play a little stagnant. And when they played the Patriots, same thing. I think maybe uh, with the Chiefs game, at least this past week, getting moved to Monday, it might have just taken some players out of their normal routine. And, and athletes are very ritualistic, superstitious. So everybody has their routine. I think that might have messed things up. And that, I think, as well goes for the Patriots in that game as well. They traveled to Kansas City that day. So, um on, yeah, honestly, it could just be the travel. Well, it, it didn't matter for Kansas City, but um, for the Patriots, at least, I think that contributed to why they looked a little off on Monday night. But we all got Kansas City for this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, the next matchup we got is the Arizona Cardinals going to the East Coast to take on the 0-4 New York Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold will not be starting for the Jets. It will be Joe Flacco. And the Arizona Cardinals are favored by a touchdown on the road. I got the Cardinals winning this game. The Jets are a mess. But even with them expecting Le'Veon Bell to come back, I think Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, they're going to be able to figure out a way to to beat down on the Jets. Yeah, I like the Cardinals winning this game. Uh, they're 
they're one of the more exciting young teams uh, mixed with, obviously, elite DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games this year. But the Jets team, man, I'm excited to see what old Joey Flacco <laughs> and Lev Bell can do out there. They could come out there and surprise the people. They've played football before. Hey, you know, Flacco's got Bell, a Super Bowl ring. At one point, yeah, Lev Bell at one point was the best running back in the league, I mean, in some people's opinion. So uh, to get Lev Bell out there, get get uh, Joe Flacco out there, it'll just bring some new energy. It may not be, it, it may not work out. Joe Flacco may throw two pick sixes in the first half, but uh, it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna bring a jolt of energy. It could be a good thing for a struggling Jets. Jacob, who you got in this game? Well, I can't trust the Jets on this one, so <laughs> I gotta take the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. All right, so we're all on the Cardinals for that one. The next matchup we got is the Philadelphia Eagles coming off their first win of the year. They're going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The Steelers coming in at 3-0 and off the bye because their game got postponed, like we've mentioned. Pittsburgh f- is favored by a touchdown in this game, minus 7. I know for a fact that Pittsburgh is pissed. I've seen some quotes in the media from Pittsburgh and players on the team, and it's like, we got the short end of the stick of this bye week. We're pissed about it. Like Nobody likes having a bye, like their bye be the, f- the first week of byes, like, they have 13 straight weeks now that they got to play football. That's a tough mental task ahead of them. So they're pissed. I have them coming out and beating down on the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Yeah, the Eagles don't have a chance in this one. They're not gonna. They're not gonna surprise the Steelers the way they did with the Niners because the Steelers don't have the injuries like yeah. the Niners do. Tyler, what about you? Oh, sorry, I keep I keep putting mute on so uh, <laughs> you can't you don't hear me breathing. All good. But uh, uh, I I answered twice. Oh jeez. I, was, I, looked well, I hope I both like, of them were right. Steelers. Yeah, I hope both of them were. You have the Steelers both winning. Both of them were. Both of them were in fact the Steelers. I definitely give the extra week of rest too. Uh, I like I definitely like the Steelers to win big. Philly. I don't really, I don't really like what's what's going on over there, but they're always the the, the underdog team, kind of the late season push. So you never know. Watch out for the Eagles to be that team that somehow survives COVID and is just healthy at the right time and and play more competitive down the road. We'll see. But all right, the next matchup we got is the number 10 team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Los Angeles Rams, coming in at 3-1. and one. They're going to the nation's capital to take on the Washington football team, who is coming in at 1-3. and three. The Washington football team also decided that they were going to bench Dwayne Haskins in favor of Kyle Allen. So now, also... Kyle Allen is the starting quarterback, and I saw on Twitter earlier that Alex Smith will be the number two quarterback on the depth chart, and Dwayne Haskins will be the number three quarterback on the depth chart now. So a lot of quarterback controversy going on throughout the NFL, but this matchup, I think it's a no-brainer for me. Obviously, the Rams coming in at 3-1, and one, not a lot of people thought they were going to be 3-1. and one. After four weeks of the season, I think there were a lot of question marks surrounding this Rams team, but they were able to to come out on top against the New York Giants over the weekend. 
it wasn't really as impressive of a performance as I was expecting from them. But I got to give credit to New York's D. They played a great game. They really held the the Rams' run game in – they really put them in a box. They, the run game really wasn't as effective. And the the one lone big touchdown play from Cooper Cup was really the the only highlight the, the Rams had on offense. But it was, it was a grind-out game, uh, and I got to give credit to the defense for the Rams who – were led by Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And I have to mention the the Jalen Ramsey spinebuster tackle on Golden Tate and then the the fight after the game. And if for those that don't know, Jalen Ramsey has two children with Golden Tate's sister. And there was a pretty public breakup with that. And Golden Tate was basically on Twitter saying that Jalen Ramsey was going to have to come see him about that. And Jalen Ramsey met him in the middle of the field as the clock struck zero and fists were flying. And then apparently after the game, Jalen Ramsey went looking for Golden Tate again uh, in the locker room uh, back in the back of SoFi Stadium. So uh, that was a pretty interesting little tidbit from that game. But this Rams-Washington football team game, I got the Rams winning this game. I don't know what Ron Rivera is doing benching Dwayne Haskins. I know he hasn't really performed as well but I mean I think he had he had the keys to that franchise in his hands and Ron Rivera took him right out so I don't really know what's going on with Washington Tyler who you got in this game yeah I mean honestly I I think that Haskins got thrown in there too early I think that he was a good prospect coming out but not necessarily a guy that was ready to go Uh, and then now I actually think that now he's been thrown in there now you got to give him a little longer than 20. Uh, I think he's played less than 20 games. That's what I'm saying. I know he's, I know he started less than 20 games. I mean, he's played 20 games. So it, it is definitely like the end of a project pretty quickly, but he's not a Rivera guy either. Uh, so that, that also probably is Rivera. This is Rivera's first year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, that probably has something to do with it. He probably didn't like him. Probably felt forced to give him the give him the star. He likes Kyle Allen. He liked what Kyle Allen did for him last year in Carolina. So um, it's it makes sense kind of from that perspective. But it's too bad to see uh, these young quarterbacks' careers ending. Man, it's a it's a sad song to hear. But ultimately, the Rams are going to come in and get an easy dub. I think the the Redskins will struggle to get wins for the rest of the year. And man, the Rams sitting at five, five, four and one after five games. That's uh, that's probably even better than expected, I would think. You got any thoughts on Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate, real quick? Oh yeah, I mean that was <laughs> just you know you nail a bit. You know, the, I think that they're both dudes that have been kind of in in off field altercations with people. Um, so it's it's not necessarily surprising and. And it's, not also, it's also not surprising that they met at the middle of the field and started throwing in. I'm glad that I they mean, waited is, until the clock struck zero, though, and nothing happened in the game. Yeah, I mean, outside of doing it at a game, they handled it like men, for sure. Uh, that that must have been intense. And to play, try, play against each other across the sides, I mean, wide receiver versus corner, it has all the big headlines, the family dispute, the sister, the baby mama, it's got all the it's got all the good stuff uh, that a story needs, 
Um, and the spine buster tackle was perfect too in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was in the heat of the battle. So that he probably didn't even get to really enjoy that like he should have. I mean, now he does, I'm sure. But to commit to meet at the middle of the field there about that shit. I mean, it's, it tells you what a serious uh, deal it was off the field. For sure. Jacob, who you got winning this game? I got to go with the Rams on this one. I don't see how they lose this game to Washington. All right. Now, the next matchup we got Cincinnati coming off their first win and Joe Burrow getting his first career win coming in at 1-2-1. and one. They're going to Baltimore to take on the number four team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Baltimore Ravens coming in at 3-1. and one. Baltimore is favored minus 12. And, yeah, I mean, I think the the Ravens are going to win and cover that spread because, I mean, the Ravens are just a much better team. Their defense is unreal. Lamar Jackson is an unreal talent. And at the end of the day, Cincinnati's led by a rookie quarterback coming off his first career NFL win, and it's going to be a short-lived celebration for Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm glad they got their first dub, but uh, they're definitely just running into a superior product. Uh, this is a team that this is a team you got to play all four quarters though. It doesn't matter what the score is. There, this is a divisional opponent that you're gonna have to play every year, twice a year. So uh, Cincinnati's really just got to try to work on what their identity is and what are the good things that Joe Burrow can do and his first time playing the Ravens and being in this divisional showdown. Jacob, who you got? Waits for Cincinnati to get wins without getting a win, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know I've bet on Burrow and the Bengals almost every uh, week, but there's no way I can take them over the Ravens this week. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Houston to take on the Texans. Texans coming in at zero and four. Jaguars one and three. And the big news down in Houston was Bill O'Brien getting fired. Bill O'Brien was not only just the head coach of the Houston Texans. He was the play caller, the GM, the lead counsel in terms uh, and what that means. And I learned this from the Pat McAfee show, the lead counsel on an NFL team basically has final say on how much a, a team can pay a player, like how the contracts get set up and all of that. So Bill O'Brien had final say over everything in Houston and it finally came back to bite him in the ass so it's it's crazy how Houston started 0-4. They probably really, if their schedule was laid out a little bit differently, they, they probably wouldn't be 0-4. They, they had a tough draw, but ultimately Bill O'Brien just kept making mistake after mistake after mistake, and ownership was tired of it. But Romeo Cornell, former NFL head coach, he comes from the Bill Parcells coaching carousel, or coaching tree, not carousel. Uh, he's going to be taking over as the interim head coach in Houston. And I think the guys are going to rally behind him and, and get this victory over Jacksonville. I know Jacksonville has been through a lot this year. Uh, Gardner Minshew can do a lot of th great things on the field, but, I mean, Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback. They got J.J. Watt and the defense. It's... It's an interesting situation in Houston, but I think that Bill O'Brien getting fired, it's going to breathe some new life into the Texans, and they're going to get this W. Yeah, it's sick that they can get Romeo Cornell, uh, you know, or they have Romeo Cornell, like you said, Barstow, and, and Bill Belichick guy. 
you know, he was defensive coordinator for some of those Patriot teams. Uh, it's going to be good to have a defensive-minded guy coach that team, let Deshaun Watson and the offensive coordinator do their thing. Don't have to worry about it. I mean, Romeo Cornell is just going to be like, Deshaun, you know, you you guys go do your thing. I'm going to worry about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Houston's definitely going to get some new life and play better. Every, it, it, once the coach loses the locker room and ultimately an organization, organization in Bill O'Brien's uh, case, you know, it's tough to get it back. So just getting a new coach in there, doesn't matter who it was, like you said, it's going to bring a new energy. So I like Houston get a get this job against the Jacksonville team that's just kind of built for the future. They're not really looking to to compete this year. Yeah, see, I'm still confident on this Texans team. Again, their schedule's just been tough, so I still got to take them in this game against the Jaguars. All right, the next matchup we got is the Miami Dolphins going to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Dolphins coming in at 1-3. and three. 49ers coming in at 2-2. Two and two. San Francisco's favored minus 8. I have San Francisco winning this game. I know they got a lot of injuries, and there was questions about Nick Mullins taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo and all of that. But I just I think the Dolphins are a mess. Yeah, they're well. They're I mean, they're just like they they have different goals. I think this year they're not looking to compete. Um, they're not looking to compete for like a elite champion or. A, division championship. Uh, they're building for their future. They're trying to find guys they are going to be around for the next couple of years. You're going to see a lot of names play for the Dolphins this year. Uh, it's, it's just a rebuilding year. Um, I don't really like San Francisco's football team. I think they got a lot of struggles ahead of them, but I'm still going to take San Francisco at home for the win. Yeah, I agree that they're, they do have a lot of struggles ahead, especially with missing two key defensive players for the rest of the year. And I mean the NFC West is no joke this year, so they got they got a lot of work to do. Jacob, who you got winning this yeah, game? Yeah, I, uh, I, I got to take the Niners too. Like Wait, sorry, Tyler, say that one more time. San Francisco, San Francisco's looking like you know they're going to go from Super Bowl to last place in this division. Yeah. So all right, we're all on San Francisco for that. A few more games before we wrap it up. We got the Indianapolis Colts going to Cleveland to take on the number nine team. I can't believe I just said the number nine team in the TSK show power rankings, the Cleveland Browns. Both teams are coming in at three and one. Indy is actually favored on the road, minus one and a half. I got Indianapolis winning this game. They have the best defense, I believe, in in all of the NFL right now. Uh, coming off a, a big win in Chicago with with Chicago coming into that game undefeated. A lot of people were doubting Indy. So I got the Colts winning this game. I know Cleveland is coming off a huge win down in Dallas and a big performance out of Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry threw him a touchdown off that trick play. But I think Indy's defense is going to be too much for him. Yeah, Indy was kind of the bubble team as far as what I was trying to, you know, whittle down to 10, 10 teams. I really like Indy. But, of course, I'm going with the Browns. <laughs> at home, I think I think they're the ones that are going to take the uh, take the top off the indie defense and really put up some points like nobody has yet this year. Um, yeah, man, Baker Mayfield, I think he's got all the tools he needed. There's none of the hype from last year, um, and maybe this coach is the one. Maybe this is the one that sticks. Uh, you know, three coaches in three years for Baker. 
Uh, I'm glad to see them at three and one, getting a home game, and hopefully moving to four and one. Jacob, who you got? Can't can't believe I'm saying this though, but I got to go with the Browns. All right, yeah. so you both are on the Browns. I'm on the Colts. They, honestly, they looked really good against the Cowboys last week. They, no, they did. They did. I, I hope that's not just a fluke, and it's just one game. But I really think that they're going to be uh, a lot it's better. Not. No, yeah, I really think they're they making the, the right pieces. decision. The, but see, that's the thing. I don't think that game was a fluke. I just think that game said more about Dallas than Cleveland. Yeah, which, that, that is that is true because Dallas is not a very strong team this year either. Right, which brings us to the next game, which is the New York Giants coming in at 0-4. They're going down to Jerry World to take on the D- Dallas Cowboys coming in at 1-3. and Dallas is favored minus 9.5, and, and while I, I think Dallas isn't having the year they thought they would, and clearly I just said that Cleveland beating them says more about Dallas than it says about Cleveland – they're going to get lucky and get this win against the Giants because the Giants are a joke this year. The whole NFC East is a joke this year. Uh, you might be 6-10 and 10 and, and get a playoff team from, from the NFC East, NFC East this year. But I got Dallas winning this game just because they have a lot more talent than the Giants right now. Yeah, Dallas should win this game, so I'm going to pick them. But I'm not going to be surprised if they lose this game. Uh, anybody in this division, this it's if Dallas is going to fuck around and be like this all year, anybody can win this division. Philly, uh, even Washington D.C. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like at one win, if they all, you know, they all got one win right now. Philly it's, technically it's, is in anybody. first place because of the yeah, tie. I don't know how the hell. Yeah, this is this is the NFL. Anybody can win any given Sunday, so uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. And Dallas is just. They're blowing it. Yeah. All right. The next game we got is the Denver Broncos coming in at one and three. They're going to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots coming in at two and two. And here's where we run into another bump in the road. Uh, We mentioned that Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19 and their game last week had to be moved from Sunday to Monday. Now it comes out that all pro, Pro Bowl, their best defensive player, Stephen Gilmore, has tested positive for COVID-19. So we don't know if this game is going to get played. We don't know if there's going to be more positive tests in the New England Patriots organization. And we saw video on Monday night where Stephen Gilmore was very close in shaking hands and dapping up Patrick Mahomes and everybody's concerned about Patrick Mahomes now getting COVID-19. So I don't know what this means for the Patriots. Uh, We mentioned when they traveled to Kansas City to play the Chiefs on Monday night, they traveled the same day. I think that definitely had an effect on how they played and was a reason besides obviously Cam Newton being out and the horrible quarterback play by Brian Hoyer and Jerry yeah, Stidham. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, their mistake was putting in Hoyer at the <laughs> beginning of that game so, and not going with Stidham. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the Patriots, but Denver's also going through it because they got a bunch of injuries. So if this game gets played, I, I think ultimately that Bill Belichick will figure out a way to beat the Denver Broncos, but I hope this game gets played on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely got to take New England if this game gets played. But I think this one, this one's a real danger. 
if they if they have more cases. Just having having two individual cases from the same franchise, and it being your two best players. Fun. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's not looking good. Well, I got to take the Patriots on this one, and that's if they start Stidham. No, <laughs> so if they start Hoyer, you're going with Denver. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're putting that on the record. No, but seriously, I'm taking the Patriots on this one. Okay. All right, the Sunday night game, Tyler. I know you're excited for this one. We got the Minnesota Vikings going up to Seattle. Well, not up to. They're they're kind of on the same equal. They're just just going across. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're just going west. Uh, They're going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Vikings coming in at one and three. The number two team in the TSK show power rankings, the Seattle Seahawks coming in undefeated at 4-0. Seattle's favored by a touchdown, and, I mean, I got Seattle winning this game. I know Tyler's got Seattle winning this game, so I'll just ask Jacob who you got winning this game. I got Seattle. All right. Now, seriously, Tyler, what do you, what do you got to say about this game? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, excited to, I'm excited to whoop the Vikings' ass. I hate the Vikings. I knew you were excited uh, for this one. It's gonna be a good one, even though we're banged up. I just, I know, I, I have faith in our coaches and our GM to get the right guys on the field and just have a good game plan to put the guys in, you know, success, you know, a position to succeed. So, uh, I, li- I like Russell to continue his MVP campaign and put up another three touchdowns. Is Jamal Adams gonna play this week, or is he still out? No, he, no, he's out. Okay, okay, I just wasn't sure. Yep. All right, now the Monday night game, last game of the week. We got the Los Angeles Chargers coming in at 1-3. and three. They're going to New Orleans to take on the number seven team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the New Orleans Saints, coming in at 2-2. Two and two. New Orleans is favored by 7.5 points. But interesting to note, there is a hurricane, Hurricane Delta, in the Gulf of Mexico area. That could affect parts of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, all, all of that. Uh, and so if the weather does not cooperate, this game potentially could get moved to Indianapolis. And then also, the Saints had a big-time scare Saturday night before their game last week where they had a false positive test before their game against Detroit. So that kind of threw things off for the Saints. Uh, I don't. I don't really know what I would do if I was on a team that late the night before the game was like, "Oh, we have a player positive," and then uh, a few hours later, in the wee hours of the morning, it's like, "Oh no, it was a false positive. We're good to go." Like I, I don't know what I would. I, I don't know what that would do to me. I mean, it's, that's kind of you know. That's kind of just the ultimate question, you know. If we're playing during a pandemic, it really is like you really make it the players choose between, you know, safe, you know, safety and playing football. Yeah, but I mean, either way, I got the Saints uh, winning this game. I like the idea of moving the game. I mean, that if if you know, if COVID's not the factor and the hurricane is coming, like playing in Indianapolis, that's 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 a cool. Um, that's a cool pivot. And, yeah, good on, uh, and good on think, owner Jim Irsay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair. Yeah. Um, just because it's it's a weird season and natural disasters and stuff. Uh, I know it sucks for New Orleans, but uh, ultimately I think getting the game played is more important. 
Totally. And and yeah, you got to shout out uh, Colts owner Jim Ursay for offering up Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis for the game on Monday night. Obviously, the Colts have a game on Sunday. So, I mean, there's no scheduling conflict there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got. Well, it's cool. Yeah, he's a, he's the class act, and it's cool coming from a, you know, they're they're a smaller market team, so to to give that up to the bigger to the big dog, that that's cool. Yeah, but I mean, I got the Saints winning this game, whether it's played in New Orleans, Indianapolis, the Moon, wherever. I I got the Saints winning this game. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Chargers have been doing the best they can with all the injuries they that just can't they've sustained. Break. Yeah, they, they can't catch a break. And, I mean, Justin Herbert's putting up some crazy numbers and putting out some crazy highlights because, I mean, he's just throwing balls on a seed. And it's it's been really fun to watch him. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting, though, to see what happens once Tyrod Taylor is healthy. Does Tyrod take the job back? I know Anthony Lynn has been adamant about this is Tyrod's job. He's not like in jeopardy of losing that yeah. starting job once he comes back. But I mean, from what Justin Herbert's been doing out there, he he's solid. Yeah, but he's going to be there. So I think that ultimately, if you know, going to give Ty the job back just because, I mean, if, if, if Herbert busted out three wins in a row, four wins in a row, you know, if he was really just rolling and winning games, I think it'd be a tougher decision, but because the win probably promised him his job back, I think he's going to keep his word and know that Herbert, the long-term project. So uh, you're, you're really just trying to get Herbert to 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 learn the system, progress every day, and Tyrod can you know help you manage football games to win. Yeah. So you got the Saints winning this game. Yeah. Jacob. So do I. All right, and then it was supposed to be the first week of buys this week. But uh, last week, obviously, Pittsburgh and Tennessee had to have their bye. But on bye this week is the 1-3 Detroit Lions and the 4-0 number three team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Green Bay Packers. Just I want to touch on Green Bay real quick because Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. What I mean, hmm. n- nobody w- was expecting them to come out and be 4-0 after the first four weeks with the way the off season was all of the headlines coming out of green Bay and nationally about Aaron Rodgers being upset with the, the Packers drafting Jordan love and, and, and all of that. So it's, it's been great to watch Aaron Rodgers these first four weeks, in my opinion, just, I don't want to say do something with nothing. Cause every, like those guys are NFL players, but the Packers didn't set him up for success this year. And he's just absolutely killing it. Yeah, he's the man. I think he's definitely he's got a, a respectable push on Russell Wilson for MVP right now. You know, the way too early MVP race. Uh, but Rodgers is is the best in the league at, at throwing the football. I truly believe that. I don't think anybody throws it better than he does. I think Mahomes has a crazy arm, and I think he's probably got more arm talent. But when it just comes to dissecting a, a defense, you know, Rodgers is. Is just too calm, too cool. Uh, it's it's easy for him. It's it's a slow game, uh, and he's he's so much smarter than everybody else in the field. And on top of that, he he's got the best. Uh, he's he's got the best arm in the league. He's, he throws the best ball. 
All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for the night. You, you guys got any shout outs before we get out of here? Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Seattle Storm. Four, NBA, four WNBA championships now. Uh, Sue Berg was part of all four of those. Uh, she's just a championship machine. If you've ever seen her her championship resume, it's it's medals, it's it's WNBA titles, college titles, Euro titles. Um, she's a beast, and uh, and I think that uh, we got the best woman player in the world, Brianna Stewart. So uh, shout out to Storm for winning their fourth title. Jacob, you got a shout out? No, not this week. All right, well, I'm going to shout out, of course, Daniel Artest for hopping on with us earlier to talk about the NBA Finals and the Lakers being on the verge of winning their 17th NBA championship. And also the Dodgers, they are currently leading the series in the NLDS one to nothing, and they should get this win uh, in game two. They're up six to five right now with two outs in the top of the ninth. So hopefully they can close that out and not give the San Diego Padres a chance to tie the series up at one to one. So we will keep you posted on the Dodgers the rest of the postseason. We'll be back uh, next time we record. There will be an NBA champion, whether the Lakers win it Friday night or if Miami somehow decides they want to win game five and extend the series. But with that, I think that wraps it up. Don't forget, this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Support us. Support a company that makes probably the best coffee ever and is trying to help save the beaches just by entering promo code TSKSHOW at checkout. That's promo code TSKSHOW for 15% off your purchase at CampusPointCoffee.com. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.